Hey everyone, welcome to the industry show. I'm your host, Nitin Bajaj, and joining us today is Jim Semek, co-founder of Product Plan. Jim, welcome on the show. Oh, Nitin, thank you so much for asking me to be here. It's all our pleasure. We are looking forward to getting to know you better. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Let's let's talk about entrepreneurship and and uh, my journey. Sounds like a plan. So tell us who is Jim Semek. Uh, well, I am uh, in my 50s, uh, live in Santa Barbara, California. I'm the father of twin boys who just turned 18, and I'm very proud of them. I uh, lead a, a really active lifestyle. I am uh, um, have been in product management and building and launching products now for almost 20 years. I'm co-founder of Product Plan, uh, which is a product roadmap software. And um, and uh, happy to talk about that journey. Sounds awesome. And you know, we were just talking about this. You are doing whatever you're doing is is working out for you, and uh, you could pass off as a thirty year old. So kudos to you. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. No, I, I really mean it. So tell us a little more about Product Plan, the size and scale of its operations, some of the customers. You have some amazing logos. <clears throat> Share with us a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Product Plan was founded about seven years ago. Um, we, uh, I have a co-founder, and we got together as uh, friends and colleagues a few years ago and uh, decided that we wanted to start a company. Um, we've been a part of startups now, as I said, for uh, almost 20 years now uh, here in the startup community here in Santa Barbara and was instrumental in helping launch um, some very successful SaaS products, including go to my PC, go to meeting, go to webinar, and a B2B vertical software company that's now a publicly traded company called Appfolio. And um, being in the inside at the very early stages of these companies taught me a lot about public products, taught me a lot about uh, that it's possible to, uh, to build a successful product and I, I saw the, the inside of launching those those businesses and decided that this is something that I wanted to do myself. So about seven years ago we launched this product and we decided intentionally to keep the business small and bootstrapped. Um, and so we looked for certain businesses that, that, that we could get in and it could be a very targeted SaaS offering to businesses. And that's when we decided to take our passion for product management and turn that into a product. And so we launched product roadmap software, which is a way of visually communicating your product strategy to stakeholders. It's a way of planning your, um, uh, planning what you're going to build and better showing people why you're building it. So we have customers now uh, such as Spotify, Microsoft, Expedia, and companies like that are using our software to build their software. And uh, really proud of how we've uh, how far we've come. Um, and uh, building a bootstrap company, of course, is very challenging in the, in the early days. You know, you're very resource constrained. And uh, but it's worked out really well for us. And uh, we're now um, uh, almost 50 employees um, and we were already partially distributed before the uh, before COVID. And uh, we decided to go completely remote and literally in one day we were completely distributed. And uh, it's worked out really well for us. And we have a, a very cohesive team and it's. Um, the, the move to distributed work has been fairly effortless for us. That's such an amazing story, specifically the 
you know, bootstrapping it to this size where you have 50 employees, like you said, and, and some amazing logos. Tell us a little more about what that journey was. That's so atypical of, you know, how companies were at the idea stage are looking to raise funding and then scale from there uh, without having done a whole lot of validation even. So tell us a little more about what went into that decision making and how it impacted the, you know, as, as the company evolved, I'm sure yeah. there must have been points where you so wanted to do something, but you had to pull back and say, no, we got to stay true to the plan. Yeah, and, that's, and that requires a lot of discipline and it's challenging sometimes because especially in the early days, you want to hire the these you know rock star developers, for example, and you simply can't afford them. And uh, so you need to make certain sacrifices um, along the way and get very creative in how you're building software and how you're getting to market. Um, so you need to be creative with your hiring practices, creative with um, incentivizing and sharing equity, creative um, about the marketing strategy and, and getting really uh, crafty with how, with how that, that process goes. But in the, uh, I, I chalk up our success in great part to the market validation that we did at very early stages. Um, I took the practices that I learned in that folio and go to meeting and products like that, where we did um, a, a very regimented market validation process, interviewing customers, uh, or potential customers, and in a sense, pre-selling the software, pre-selling the solution before we actually started building. And unlike you know most uh, most startups, they start building and then they try to find fit after the fact. And um, our uh, experience was that you validate first. You know that you'll have customers waiting to buy if you build what you told them. And then you get to market, and you and that's what that's what happened. So the very first uh, prospects that we spoke with, that we started pitching our idea to, uh, eventually became our beta testers, and eventually became our customers. And so by the time that we decided to launch the company, and certainly by the time that we launched the product, we had reduced our risk enough that we felt confident that the product would be successful. Um, and so as a result, we. Um, uh, didn't have to do any of the typical pivots that startups make. You know, the product and the vision is essentially the same thing that we started with. And certainly we've, you know, iterated the product and, and we, we use um, Scrum as our mm -hmm. agile development uh, process. So we're releasing new software every two weeks. Um, and that lends itself very well to a bootstrap. Yeah, it has a few read in my mind. I was going to joke about you know, you guys are not a cool startup because you didn't have to do any pivots because you already knew what you were going to build. So, so you know, in, in that light, light gesture, what did you guys use to lay out the product roadmap for product plan? Uh, that's a great, that's a great question. So today we use product plan, of course. So we use product plan to share our roadmap. Um, and so everyone in the company uh, can look at any time and look at the, this live roadmap that we have. Um, and then um, our director of product is uh, very transparent about the way that she is prioritizing the product roadmap. And as a management team of these trade-off discussions regularly about, um, you know, what are we building? Why are we building? What's the future strategic direction? Where are the competitors going? And how can we differentiate ourselves from the competition going forward? 
forward. So we're always having these conversations and then those are reflected in the product roadmap. Um, and because we're, you know, because we're uh, bootstrap, um, we, um, it, it's not as if we can suddenly change direction really quickly. And I think that's to our benefit. You know, we're, we're very laser focused. Um, and we decided to take the approach of building a product that solves a couple of problems really well. So rather than going really broad with our product, testing out, you know, here's a new market, this the new bright, shiny object, and we're going to try that out, or we're going to try out this new feature and spend months working on it. We're very focused. And, um, and as a result, um, uh, the, everyone in the organization knows where we're headed. Um, and that, I think, is really key um, in, a, in, in a company, especially our size, that everyone's on the same page with where we're going. You're not trying to boil the ocean. You're trying to take an approach of let's, we've identified the problem. Let's get the solution. We can make changes as we are going through this agile process, but the, the goal remains the same. Exactly. And, and for each feature that we develop, we go very deep mm -hmm. um, and we do it well. But we don't do that many features. We have competitors that are essentially boiling the ocean. They're, they're, they have a lot of features. And you know, certainly those products are great fits for, for certain customers. Um, for our customers, we, through our market validation, discovered that Product road mapping is the pain that our customers who are typically product managers in you know mid-sized and larger organizations. That's their problem. Their problem is a communication problem. So so we solve that really well. And we always get customers asking us for additional features and and um, internally we have these great ideas that we want to try. And again, we stay very laser focused on a narrow problem set, and that's true as well. Let's talk a little about you know, you've been in product management for 20 years, which is, you know, almost, I guess, as early as the term product management must have been defined. Uh, though, if you look at it, there isn't, there isn't a defined career path. Almost everyone that I know of, including myself, landed into product management, but that's not what I went to school for. That's not what I planned. That's not what I got a degree or a certificate in. What are your thoughts having been in the industry for so long? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm, I'm asked regularly um, by, by people who are in school. I um, am active in a program, a technology management program at the University of California here in Santa Barbara. And, um, and those students really want to get into product management. But as you said, there is not. A formal career path for it, and and I, I think I'm a I'm a typical example of someone who didn't go to school for it. Uh, my degree is in finance. Um, I found myself in these um, with these occupations, such as you know, in, I was a technical writer for a while. I was a book author for Microsoft. I I've done all of these different things that have lent themselves to having the skills that are required for a product manager. But what I've spoken with so many product managers about, they have all into product management there. And, and so I see people coming from all different uh, occupations, coming from customer success, coming from engineering into product management. And, 
And uh, so they essentially fall into it. Um, and that, that's been, that's been, that's my personal experience and most people find that too. So th there are opportunities, especially in larger organizations to be, uh, to get into product management at an early stage. There, there are larger organizations that will have associate product manager positions. And then that's the way that you get foot in the door and, and begin the process that way. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one because it is one of those, it's one of those careers that people want. And I, and I have to say it is probably the best career mm -hmm. product management. As you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's the, it's, it's something that is, um, it's so rewarding, um, and, and challenging and, uh, and I'm extremely passionate about it. Yeah. Likewise. And I think, you know, what we talked about where I think you are the, the poster child for an ideal product manager, having been around in so many different places where you're able to draw the experiences and then tie that into the identifying of the stakeholders, communicating to them, making sure you're staying true to the purpose, which also leads me to this thought of, you know, in the industry, we talk a lot about product manager being the CEO of the product. Right. So it's draw some parallels, if you will, in, you know, having been a product manager and, and being an entrepreneur, what are some of the similarities that lie between the, the two of a product manager and an entrepreneur? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I think it's a decent parallel that you can draw between being a CEO and being the CEO of the product. Um, uh, there are some uh, some things that are different about it, and I can I can talk about that. But the, the similarities are that um, you, as a as a CEO, you have a vision that you're driving towards, right? And you need to you need to rally a team around that vision. You also need to interact with different stakeholders from different departments. Um, so you you need to interact with sales and marketing and you know, customer success and, and engineering and, and make sure that everyone is going in the same direction. Um, and so as a CEO, uh, one needs to be inspirational. You need to have your eye on the metrics and the goals and the KPIs that you're driving towards um, and make sure that everyone is on the same page with that. Now, product manager is very similar, right? Product manager drives towards a vision. Um, a product manager also needs to rally these different uh, stakeholders and get everybody on the same page. One of the major differences, though, is that a product manager can't dictate what they do, right? It's, it's, it's as, as a product manager, you need to um, rally people around a vision without having a club. You need, you need, you don't have that because you don't have people reporting to you often. Um, you need to get everybody on the same page in nuanced ways. You need to tell a story so that everybody buys into that story rather than saying, you're gonna follow the story because of your boss. And so I think that's where the, that's where the major differences are is that a, a CEO of an organization can pick what happens um, even against you know, other people's wishes. A product manager needs to be more nuanced. They need to have fantastic communication skills. They need to rally everyone around a vision um, and, um, and say no a lot. 
So a CEO doesn't necessarily have to say no as much, right? Uh, a product manager needs to say, that's a great idea. We're not going to do that, though, and these are the reasons why. Though technically, you could argue that, you know, if I were to step into your shoes seven years ago, when uh, you started putting product plan together, you probably said a lot of no. And, uh, you know, even, even as a CEO that is taking funding or has a board, there's some, in some ways, they are responsible and, and responding to, <clears throat> there, is a, there is a defined vision that they ideally wouldn't be stepping out of uh, because they have made some commitments, because they are responsible, because they are, uh, they have to answer to certain stakeholders. But that, I, I could, I understand, and it's more a technical argument than anything else. Yeah, yeah. And overall, that analogy of a product manager, a CEO of the product, it, it generally works. Um, and that's one of the reasons that I, I enjoyed being in that product management role is that you have a lot of a lot of influence and um, and a lot of interaction with unique people and and it's also at any given day you have a hundred things that you're working on so it's very stimulating and uh, every day is different and yes. it's one of the things that I enjoy so much about being a product manager and an entrepreneur and talking about what goes into that day give us a flair for what your typical day looks like you know meetings planning road mapping talking to customers, getting involved with sales. What does it look like? Yeah, absolutely. It's And it's evolved. Um, and this is one of the, the wonderful things about being an entrepreneur. So as the, as the company, as the company evolves, as the company grows, as the product has found product market fit, um, my role has changed. In the early days, my co-founder and I, we would spend so much time on the product, really, really working on the product, talking about all of the different uh, uh, potentials, you know, actually doing prototypes and putting those in front of customers. There was a lot of customer engagement, just trying to figure out what is the right thing to build. And then it evolves into company building, where you need to um, uh, think about hiring the right people. So then you, you, you move into that role where you're hiring, you're kind of setting the stage, you're hiring the right people who will either be your managers or are capable of becoming your managers. And then, um, and then the problems um, of uh, how do we grow this company come to the forefront, right? So what do, what does the, what does the funnel look like? What does the marketing funnel look like? So my, my, um, my, one of my first roles was figuring out the marketing side of it. So we have an inbound, an inbound content marketing strategy. And so I was responsible for writing the first articles, for figuring out you know, the, um, the, the ad words and, and figuring out that side of things. Then my responsibilities moved down further in the funnel where I became the first salesperson and was interacting with customers in that capacity. And then over time said, well, we need to hire our first salesperson. So then I became, you know, that part of that sales team and the manager of the salesperson. Now we, of course, we have a, we have a sales team, we have, you know, we have leadership on the sales side and the customer success side, but, it, but my responsibilities moved through that customer journey from acquisition through sale, to eventually leading this customer success team. And then eventually 
um, moving on to where what I'm doing today, which is uh, as a strategist and evangel. So I'm an evangelist for product plan. I speak on my um, product management conferences. Um, I speak on uh, shows like this. I really enjoy um, all of the interaction that I have, even if it's a virtual interaction today, um, and talking about product plan, talking about our journey, talking about the product itself. Um, and then there are, as a, um, uh, as a, um, as a board member now, I have those responsibilities. So, you know, we're meeting weekly on the numbers, for example, and, and taking that higher level view. Um, so getting out of the day-to-day -day operations of, you know, actually running the company day-to-day, -day, we have some outstanding people that are, that are doing this, uh, doing this work and are far smarter than I am in these, in these areas. Um, and uh, I'm able to kind of bring it up and look at it from more of a board member perspective. Jim, I love your modesty, humility, and the transparency. Thank you. This is this is what the show is about, being able to share your experiences with others that can learn from it and get inspired and motivated. So thank you for, for that. Tell us a little more about, you know, as you went through this journey of, you know, starting up broad and, and then kind of narrowing down to what you do today. In the process, you guys hired a CEO. What, yes. what was the thought process as you were going through that transition and what does it look like now? Yeah, that's a great question. I think every startup goes through this phase where the, the founders are leading the company. Um, my co-founder, Greg, was, um, was the CEO um, and we um, realized that as the company grows, there are different skills that need to be brought to the table. Um, there are, um, there is a different uh, operational mindset. Um, I think that uh, in the early days, uh, as a as a as a founder, um, you do it all, and you can you can do, you know, you can you can go out and buy the coffee for the office, yes. right? <laughs> you need to you need to do it all. You need. Yep. I, Call myself the I'm the desk assembler, right? You know, I I and you can't you can't from an operational and growth standpoint rely on those skills to take the company to the next stage. And I can't say what that number was in terms of size of the company or the number of employees, but a company gets to a point um, uh, in its in its cycle where you need to bring in someone who has that growth mindset, who has that operational background. Um, and we reached that point. And, uh, and that was the decision that we, that we needed to make. And so uh, both my co-founder and I recognized that, that there were different skills that are, that are needed uh, because we, um, uh, we didn't know uh, at the very beginning what this company would look like. Mm -hmm. uh, we had an expectation that it would be a small company working with a team that we really enjoy working with. And as I said, we wanted it to be bootstrapped. Uh, intentionally. Um, however, we didn't realize what an opportunity we had. And now the company is pulling us along because it has its own momentum and it's, and the customers need, you know, they have certain needs and there is a market opportunity here that we didn't realize seven years ago. And so now we have to capitalize on that. We do, we have no option. Um, and so that's when you start to bring in really excellent, excellent people who are really great at what they do. Um, and um, uh, so that, that was the decision-making process. 
to transitioning to a, a CEO. Was there a, a little bit of, you know, uh, yeah. that letting go of my baby in, in some respect? I mean, you, you're still involved in everything, but there is, I'm, I'm guessing there was a little bit of, can I let go? Can we let go of this? What, what was that yes. uh, feeling like? Yeah, it's, um, I think that's a great analogy. It is, it is our baby. Uh, we've worked on this for, you know, uh, seven plus years now, right? From inception through to where we are today. And every step along the way, I've, we've been instrumental in all of these key decisions. And it is, it's like a marriage. Um, my co-founder and I are are married in that sense. We've been through battle together. Um, there have been, I would say, mostly good times with, with the company. There have been Fortunately, very few challenges with the business along the way, and we've been very, very fortunate that to have made the right decisions along the way, along the way to get to set us up for success. Um, um, but what that does is that makes it your baby, um, and so so passionate around its success. And so, yes, letting go is very difficult. Letting go of the product, letting go of um, uh, the the um, hiring decisions, uh, operational things. Uh, one thing that I am very passionate about, and I don't, I don't think I'll ever let go of this, is the culture that we've created. So the, the culture is very much a representation of the attitude that Greg, my co-founder, and I have about life, about work-life balance, around you know uh, transparency within the organization, around um, uh, how... Um, honest we are with, uh, with everyone that we interact with, the kindness that we want to bring to, to the employees um, and how we want to act. And that sort of culture that we've created that I'm very proud of is something that I don't think I'll ever be able to let go of. And, and I'm very passionate around making sure that that continues. And what kind of coffee to get? <laughs> Good coffee. We have the, the best coffee machines. <laughs> Jim, as an entrepreneur, what what keeps you up at night? Oh, that's that's a great question. Um, th there are so many things that are beyond our control. Um, and I was in a similar a similar interview a few months ago, and um, someone asked me this, this very question: What keeps me up at night? And my answer was, you know, there there are things that are beyond my control, but the economy and where the economy is headed is. Um, has you know, but I think anyone who's in a management level uh, is thinking about that. And as an owner of a company, you think about you know where are we headed? And now this has come to fruition. Um, and um, and so uh, fortunately, we're able to weather this storm. We're you know as a SaaS company um, building software for people who are building software. Um, we're in, um, not to say that we haven't been affected by this, but I think we've been affected to a much less extent than many, many other companies. So that thing that I could have been worrying about and did somewhat worry about has come to fruition. Um, and it today is somewhat keeping me up at night, mm -hmm. you know, wondering, you know, if this, if we do have this recession and it's an extended recession, what does that mean to us? What actions are we taking today that will set us up so that we can, retain all of our people so that we can keep the business running so that everyone has the, the things that they need to be successful in their careers. 
Uh, and keep so, that culture, right? Yeah. That, that you're so so passionate and protective about. Yes. Oh, yeah, very, very protective, very protective about that. Where do you see yourself, like two to three years out from here? Yeah, I love doing what I'm doing. I love the. I'm doing more writing than I have before. I am uh, engaged with a lot of product managers, both through. Um, uh, you know, online events and uh, through, um, you know, communicating and in groups and, and things like that. I, um, and so I really enjoy that sort of engagement. I enjoy doing programs like this um, because I have a lot of experience building products. Um, uh, I've, I've written um, a couple of books recently. I wrote, recently wrote a book about product market fit and how startups and product managers can find product market fit. And I, that's where my passion is, is in spreading this, spreading this, this word and this information. And, and fortunately, it happens to coincide with the mission of product. So, um, so I, I foresee myself continuing to be doing writing and speaking and, and of course, um, helping uh, to lead the company and, and, um, and seeing it be successful over the next, next few years. That's wonderful. To be able to live your dream is, is, is so awesome. I'm very, I'm very fortunate. I live in a beautiful part of the country. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm very fortunate. Yeah, yeah, especially in these times, you know, there's so much that <clears throat> the gratitude and, and you have so much to be thankful for, uh, just to be healthy, just to be safe and, and be able to continue working on things that we're really passionate about. Exactly, yeah, we help. I, I wish that for everyone. Jim, what are your sources of inspiration and motivation? Um, I have a, a lot of energy. I have a lot of natural energy. Uh, I really enjoy teaching. I enjoy giving back. I've, I've always done that to some extent. Um, I, as I mentioned, I lecture occasionally over at, uh, over at the university. Um, I, I enjoy giving back. I enjoy helping other people in a small way. Uh, find their own success. So that gives me a lot of energy. That gives me a lot of a lot of motivation. Um, I also like winning. I like I like being successful. Um, and so I and it's 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 um, more about a personal. It's more about personal challenges, personal growth, and that that inspires me. Um, so, for example, seeing product plan grow like it is, and seeing where we could potentially take this. Um, is really inspiring to me, um, and um, and that's what gets me out of bed every morning. Is is that you know that desire to spread the word, to to continue to help the company grow, um, and um, and also on in, on an interpersonal level, I enjoy working with um, the employees and, um, and and other people to um, uh, to just be better. I typically ask people, what do they do for fun? But since you do that for a living, I'm going to ask you a slightly different version of that question. How do you unwind? Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, uh, I, live in, I live in Santa Barbara, and there are so many outdoor activities. This afternoon, I'm going for a hike. Nice. Um, uh, several mornings, I'll, I'll go paddleboarding, which I really enjoy the ocean right here. Uh, and those, those are my ways of of unwinding is being outside, um, enjoying, enjoying nature, um, and, um, 
And that's a great, those are great opportunities for me to take everything that went on during the day and digest it. Jim, this was so amazing. Thank you so much once again for taking the time to be with us. I really, really enjoyed this discussion. And I would love to continue having conversations around product management, around building businesses, helping startups, and sharing and continuing to share your wisdom and journey with the rest of the entrepreneurial world. Oh, Nitin, thank you very much. I really enjoyed this. My pleasure, Jim.